What's going on, everybody? Here's my brand new podcast, Life in Relations. My name is Pratyush Vasa. I'm about to be a senior in high school. I live in Arizona. And basically what this podcast is going to be about is basically I'm going to bring a bunch of different people that I never spoke to, have spoke to, anyone really, and have them talk about what they're interested in, what their life is about, and what they've been through in their whole life. Because I think personally that everyone has their own really great life story and that we can all learn a lesson or two from them. So without further ado, let's begin this first episode with my guest speaker, Bhargav Chiravuri. Say hi, Bhargav. Hey, old peeps. It me, Bhargav. Hi. You what? want me to go more? Into <laughs> yeah, yeah. Introdu- right, yeah. Introduce so, yourself. Introduce yourself. Yeah, so uh, uh, right now I'm about to uh, start my, uh, what, junior semester at Arizona State University doing a cybersecurity degree. Uh, on the side, I work an internship and a part-time job. I also do a bit of music, uh, uh, bit of hanging out with Pratyush and other friends around in the neighborhood. I just have a great time, or at least try to have a great time. Yeah, how about you go about like talking about the music thing? How's that going? Uh, it's going pretty good. I mean, um, what? I've been more invested in uh, learning the bass and the electric guitar for a while. Uh, unfortunately that's going a bit slower than I want because there's all, like I said, I'm working an internship, a part-time job and all that and doing a summer semester. So that is already a lot to handle for, uh, this summer as it is. So I don't really find enough time to, uh, just sit down with the bass guitar, even though I really, uh, literally have it right next yeah, to Yeah, we have two right next to us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's just a bit hard to uh, have like a half an hour or so to just sit down with the bass guitar, uh, try and play some songs that I hear, maybe go into my uh, doll workstation on my computer and uh, just make some beats or anything close to that. Yeah, I see, bro. Like, honestly, for me personally, I play the trumpet, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's really hard to stay on task. I literally had a whole debacle about the trumpet like literally last week it was such it was this whole thing i was kind of skipping out all my classes and i didn't tell my parents so they were basically wasting their own money Aww. and i got caught <laughs> on monday so they were like and i was like oh frick damn it what the, what the hell so i got yeah that was fun and now i've still go i've i've to still take classes for another two months so when, <laughs> I, when i go see that teacher again it's gonna be so awkward so pray for me everybody pray for me oh my god <laughs> i mean uh i remember um when I, uh, 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 just in case you don't know, Pratyush and I are both neighbors, so we just go into our homes very often. This is actually being recorded in my home. Yeah, we're in, <laughs> no, we're in a fancy actual studio. Honestly, this cost me like ten grand to build, bro. Honestly, no, I'm just kidding. We're in Vargo's room. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we gotta start somewhere. We gotta start. Yeah. Somewhere. So what I was gonna say was, uh, uh, I know in Pratyush's room he has uh, this. Uh, the this music stand i'm not sure if it's the one that i gave to him way back when or if that's still around so, uh if the one that i used to have is still around no somewhere. no I, I have that one you gave that all to right me. but uh i remember on that uh stand you had a quite a few uh trumpet practicing books so i thought that uh maybe even if uh, you weren't practicing like uh specific songs that you'd play for band uh, like I used to do for different brass instruments back when I was uh, still in your high school. Uh, I, I thought you would uh, still be at least practicing 
uh, like for 15 minutes or so every day. Yeah, you think too highly of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have a bit more work ethic than I do. Nah, we'll, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. All right. So <laughs> I think we're going to start off with the topics about you, Bargov. So basically, Bargov, honestly, no, I've known him for about, what, 10 years now? It's going to be our 10-year anniversary, technically, this August, I think, when I moved. Yeah, next month. Yeah, it was really funny. because I remember the first time we met, right? So basically, my family, we moved from Levine, Phoenix. So we were looking for a house. And I remember we were in the car with that lady who, like, introduced us to all the houses of the real estate person. Yeah, right. I saw Bargov's mom washing the driveway. So I was like, bro, there's another Indian person? Bro, mom, got to go talk to them. <laughs> no cap. I was like a little Indian boy, right? So I was like, I got to find my people. So basically, I, I told my mom, get out of the car, go talk to that auntie. And so then my mom went talk to the auntie. Apparently, they moved in 10 days right before as we were looking at the house. So then yeah. I first, then so then they invited us over. And my first ever thing I did with Bargo was that he opened his, we played Monopoly. And this man lost half the pieces. So I was like, <laughs> what are we even playing? Yeah, I, I remember that story actually because, uh, what? Uh, when I uh, when I had gotten that uh, Monopoly version, it was the Deluxe Championship Edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was visiting relatives in California, like in Riverside. It's a suburb of Los Angeles, I believe. Uh, back then, like, um, we, um, those relatives had, uh, given the Monopoly game over to me and I was about to, uh, get into the van when, uh, I don't remember how it happened, but, uh, the Monopoly, um, game fell apart in my hands, uh, went on the ground and, uh, as a result, pretty much lost half of the pieces there. <laughs> <laughs> I've never so, heard this. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure a few months after that, uh, that was uh, when we decided to, uh, my family decided to move from our house in Tempe over here. And then, of course, uh, 10 or so days after that, uh, Pratusha's family came in. And not only did uh, we play Monopoly then, uh, but we also... Uh, our uh, living room was pretty much barren at that point because we still had to move everything out from the old house. So uh, for the housewarming party, um, uh, my parents and a lot of other uh, relatives, I think along with Pratyush and his family, sat down over there and uh, played what's called Antakshari. It's uh, it's an Indian, ga um, Indian game where uh, you basically... Uh, hum uh, a tune from a few songs or so and uh, other people have to guess what it is it's it's uh it's like charades but for music yeah pretty much music i don't charades. remember this i don't remember this at all but yeah like ever since then we've been like bro all, it's, our, it's so funny our relationship like you know you wouldn't believe us but the amount of times that we fight <laughs> <laughs> over the last 10 years which uh, are over the most petty stuff but I think the longest time we haven't spoke to each other might have been like for a week max. If, yeah, if it was like it was if it was like for something about like if it was like sort of drama kind of a down air quote drama. But like it's so funny and then like and then like either like the next two days we're both like yo like it's like it's like we're like, we're like brothers we're basically brothers. I'm not like no cap. We argue so much that we are and then we make we just don't care about it the next day or like hours so we're just like brothers yeah we're our own families i uh keep going over to his house to <laughs> see him and his uh sister and the rest of his family and he comes over for the same for my uh for me and my sister and my family and all that yeah <laughs> yeah speaking of your sister like talk about your sister like i think we all should like 
if you want to open about it and like talk about like yeah like that was <laughs> this is the in my personally like okay um his sister's name is divya uh barney you go ahead you talk about it yeah so uh my sister's name is divya and uh i'm not uh i'm not sure if um any of you actually know me in real life but uh if you know if you know me there you'd probably know my sister because uh she's wherever the family goes like I remember uh, a lot of, uh, well, uh, without exception, uh, when I, uh, uh, of, of course, I was in the same high school as Pratyush and we were in the same band, right? So uh, when we go over to, uh, when we play in our concerts and all that, uh, Divya would be right there along with my parents and sometimes even my grandparents just uh, watching us play. Even though, uh, as a brass uh, musician, I was always in the, in the back. back row, so <laughs> I could I could barely be seen, if at all. But uh, the thing with Divya is that uh, uh, she's been uh, disabled since I believe three years old, and uh, she was born with a congenital heart defect. So uh, the story with that is that um, at at that time, around three years old. Uh, uh, doctors consulted with my parents and all that and decided that... Real that, quick, real quick, sorry. Divya's Bardas twin, just to clarify. Yeah. Ironically, uh, she's one minute older than me. So <laughs> I get to say I'm the younger brother, but I act like the older brother. Yeah, because I always make fun of him, like, respect your elders to Divya. But, uh, and technically, uh, I'm not a uh, brother per se, but that's uh, for we'll come next after this discussion. But... Um, Back to that part. So the doctor said that um, uh, she had to get an operation for that congenital heart defect. So we all went over to uh, Chicago uh, for that uh, because we were around there at the time. And uh, uh, I believe that's uh, probably where most of the major uh, uh, cardiographic doctors uh, were over there. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, what uh medical discipline that would be in but um uh so she had the surgery she came out but the problem was that uh there was a surgical complication halfway through so i believe the right uh right side of her brain uh didn't get oxygen for a while so it it pretty much uh deteriorated some brain cells died and of course if you uh, know about brain biology, you know that uh, neurons aren't uh, aren't really replaceable at all. So uh, after uh, coming out of that, after she recovered, um, uh, she got diagnosed with uh, uh, right side hemiplegia, which is a form of cerebral palsy. So essentially, from that day forward, uh, our family has been uh, pretty much taking care of Divya day in and day out. And when I got old enough to uh, help her out with specific tasks like uh, holding her hand while my parents feed her or uh, taking her outside for physical therapy, uh, I had to uh, join in and uh, pull my weight, so to speak. Yeah, and just to clarify, it's like a mental disorder. So basically, she can't, she doesn't know how to walk. She can't. She can eat on her own, but she can drink liquid. I, I believe, right? Yeah, she can't. Uh, she can uh, drink some li liquids in small amounts, but uh, whenever uh, we're feeding her something like Pediasure, <clears throat> that kind of stuff, it always has to go through the gastrointestinal tube. Yeah, yeah. She has, she has a tube in her belly, and they 
usually puts stuff, puts some liquid in, and then it goes through there. And she can't speak. So most of her inter- our interactions with her is through either dancing, doing some. But she has, like, the best smile I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, her smile will is like a baby's, but better. Like, 20 million times better. Yeah. You can see that she's... I don't think I've ever seen her have a sad, have a sad face in my entire life. I've always seen a smile on her face or her either looking at me being like, what are you even doing? And <laughs> some funny stuff. Yeah, especially uh, when she hears me play any kind of music, whether it's uh, the Indian music that I sometimes play with uh, my setups with the vino or my piano or just uh, Western music, uh, like classical music, that kind of stuff. Or it's just me twanging around on the bass guitar. Uh, whenever she hears that, she'll always light up just like that. Yeah, bro. I think music has like something special. Not that I just with us, like music either it can put us in any mood. No cap, right? Right? It can be. It can make you happy. Yeah, yeah. There, sad. I depressed. remember there's been a lot of um, what uh, scientific studies done yeah, over the yeah. past decade or so yeah, about yeah. Uh, the effect uh, music has on uh, mental and physical health. You know, you know, a funny story. I, I think this is my freshman year of high school. Basically, what was happening was mm. <laughs> we had a substitute teacher for my uh, math class, right? Mm. And the substitute teacher was like, you guys want to see Wait, wait, wait. Uh, who was the substitute teacher? Mr. Rajaram, if you're listening to this. Oh, Rajaram. What's up, Mr. Rajaram, if you listen to this? I never had him, but uh, I kept seeing him all the Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a really nice guy. Mm. But basically... Oh, yeah. Like, he, uh, he actually... Uh, I remember for a time, he had actually coached my varsity... Uh, soccer team when i was oh, really? a senior oh yeah yeah you yeah. did do soccer yeah 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 but yeah on to the story so like our, our yeah, he was our sub for the math class and it was like it was a friday so we had a test obviously right and then legit at the beginning of the class he was like does everybody want do you guys want to listen to music while you do the test and everyone was like really everyone's eyes lit up i said i didn't have a phone at the time so i couldn't listen to music and i was so mad i was like oh god damn it everyone got their phones i got their earphones Listening to music while they took the test, and then on Monday when our math teacher came back, she was like, "You guys did what?" <laughs> she she wanted to go talk to Roger. There was did you ever find out uh, if the what if that if, they if did that better? music yeah if the music affected the test? Honestly, course. I feel like people did worse. Oh, <laughs> but I, I'm honestly I'm not too sure to begin with. But yeah, there. I mean, uh, generally, if you're doing math problems that requires a degree of concentration, it depends, yeah, exactly, on, exactly. it depends on the kind of music. Like if it's uh, more of classical background music. Because, like, yeah, maybe for me, you could help like, out with music, I always get distracted. Unless I, like, I'm doing something physical, I always get distracted with music and thinking about the song in my head than rather, like, the work I'm doing. That's why whenever I work, I like doing it in silence or, like, if, the thing is, like, it depends on what work, right? Like, if I'm doing schoolwork or, like, homework, then I'm going to work in silence because then my brain can focus. If it's, like, some tedious, busy work, like, for clubs or, like, for teachers or something, then I'll pop them some music, just chill and vibe, you know what I mean? Right? Yeah, because uh, it, it's a matter of the uh, effort you have to put into that, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, If you have a homework on uh, material that you only just learned that the day before or so, uh, then you'd probably have to keep uh, recalling back to that content. But if, it, if it's just uh, like um, for uh, – for uh, in, in my line of works, um, for my part-time job and also for my internship, sometimes I have to uh, uh, co- uh, code databases and all that. So uh, with that, because I have a general idea of the structure that I have to uh, code in, right? Uh, if I put music on there, it'll, it, it, it simultaneously serves as... Uh, 
a kind of uh, respite from the boredom that I uh, get uh, continually working on that uh, repetitive code yeah, yeah. and just motivating me to uh, finish it a bit more. Of course, it, that also depends on the type of music because if it's, uh, if it's something like experimental music that isn't too harsh on the ears, then uh, it'll work out better. But if it's like... Uh, I guess most of the music that I listen to, like uh, classic or psychedelic rock, uh, then at that point, I my focus tends to shift to that music and to get lost into that music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how we started and what we're talking about now. Music, <laughs> when you're like, oh, I, what do we even start with again? Like intros, right? our intros and like our lives and stuff. And now we're just talking about music. Yeah, I mean, generally we we're talking about Divya, right? Yeah, and yeah. Then fast, a- fast. After, and music, yeah. after we, uh, after I mentioned music, we just went off on that tangent. But it's a good tangent. Yeah, it's a good tangent. Okay, now back, back, back. So I think this is something big. I really want you to talk about. If you're, if obviously you're down to talk about it. Yeah, it's yeah, of course. Bargov is part of the LGBTQ community, if you guys mm-hmm. didn't know. So uh, talk about your journey so far. Like, I don't think I even know the personal, like, step-by-step process on, like, what you are. You're pan right now. You're pan, right? Yeah, yeah. Pansexual and... What uh, does that mean? Polyamorous. Uh, pansexual, there's a... Because the, because the general uh, queer community, as I like to call it, is uh, uh, a bit nascent, even though the concept itself has been around for... Uh, many years under various forms and all that uh the definitions are still being uh reworked but what i uh because i identify as a uh, well uh the definition of pansexual even though it varies a little bit is mostly defined as uh the fact that um at least for me uh gender doesn't really matter in terms of my attraction to someone. So if um, if you identify as male or as female or as uh, non-binary or as any uh, different type of gender, even uh, neo-genders uh, with neo-pronouns and all that, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really matter to me as to whether or not I like you. I... It's a kind of roundabout way of saying I focus more on personality, but even then it's not really like that because uh, fo- uh, saying you focus on personality is a bit more of uh, uh, an expectation, but what I feel is actually more of my identity as it is. And uh, I also mentioned polyamory. That just basically means that uh, I'm not going to say that uh, it, like if I'm, if I'm, uh, with someone else who's my significant other, I'm not going to say you're only allowed to date me and only me. I'm saying like, if, uh, if there's someone else that we both like and they consent to also being in a relationship with both of us, then that's truly fine and good. And, uh, there's no, uh, there should be no problem with that. Oh, wait. So like, I'm not trying to be rude or anything to anyone who yeah, is yeah. polyamorous. Sorry if I'm being, I just, I've never heard of this before. I've never really understood the term. So like not trying to be like, kind of like, I guess be, what's the word? I don't know. Like try to be rude or get, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. So like in marriage, like mm. what is that? Like a three-way marriage? Is that what you're like kind of talking about? With yeah, kind of. But uh, the problem with uh, framing it in marriage is that at least in the United States here. Um, Do they allow that? 
I'm pretty sure uh, uh, what uh, poly rela- uh, relationships, at least coded in law, uh, as marriage are probably illegal in a couple dozen states. I'm not quite sure if this is true, but this is what I've heard from uh, different sources over time. Mm-hmm. Okay, but as far as civil partnerships go, uh, which is uh, how uh, us in the queer community were. Uh, kind of framing our uh, our relationships in before uh, what happened in 2015 with uh, Burgerville versus Hodges, the that Supreme Court case, which uh, <coughs> pretty much uh, ended up uh, in the legalization of uh, same-sex marriage relations in the U.S. Uh, with that. Uh, 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 I'd say uh, polyamory is in pretty uh, and polygamy uh, is in pretty much of a gray area there. I again, I'm not sure how how the legal issues stack there, but uh, odds are it would be allowed in that circumstance. Okay, I got you. So going back to like, the main topic, mm. how would you like talk about like your journey throughout this whole thing? Like, like in high school. When did you know that, like, wasn't, like, you were gay at one point and then you were, like... Yeah, I had to go through... How did it start out? Yeah, I had to go through a few different identities. Uh, Well, a few, I mean, one, really, uh, or two. Uh, But uh, I mentioned a Burgerfeld versus Hodges earlier, right? That's actually the turning point, I guess, where I started to... When was uh, that? It, it was in 2015, so but back, like, what, what were you I think I was a freshman, a freshman and I okay. and I remember that because I was in a uh, journalism elective course at oh, the Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember, yeah. Yeah, and uh, at that time, I was on the World News and Politics as, as an editor. So when the, uh, when the issue came up on the docket for the Supreme Court at that point in time, uh... I got interested in it purely as a uh, topic at first, but when uh, the decision came out, uh, I actually found them. I actually, I actually found them. Uh, I actually found myself celebrating a bit more with the uh, people who were on the steps of the Supreme Court, are arguing for gay marriage legality. Uh, more than I thought I would be. So I started to uh, quote-unquote experiment. Uh, What that uh, basically means, and uh, sorry to be crude for the other people listening to this, is that I just uh, watched quite a bit of porn. (laughs) (laughs) I did not expect hearing that. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but, but... I mean that was that was only a part of it. Like it, it, it never actually even even now sometimes I watch it, but it, it never actually uh, went out to being an addiction or anything. But you would jerk <laughs> off to different types of porn. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, out of all that, I realized that I like men as much as I like women. So at that point, I started identifying as bisexual. And then uh, senior year, actually, uh, I actually um, 
was a confidant for someone else. I'm not going to mention their name, but I, I think, you know, who I'm talking about. Uh, she actually told me that, uh, she was bisexual as well. So, uh, that kind of sense of small community, uh, even though I wasn't like friends with a lot of people in my graduating class, I was friends with her and a couple of others. So that, uh, small sense of community there enabled me to explore a bit further, um, uh, not not quite by <laughs> watching a lot more porn, <laughs> but, <laughs> but by uh, just generally searching up uh, Wikipedia articles on identity and all that, uh, looking at blogs, uh, reading through a bit of Twitter and Instagram on that. And then I uh, concluded uh, about my... Uh, freshman year at uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in New York. Uh, at that point, I solidified myself as pansexual. And then um, uh, that spring semester of my freshman year, uh, that March, that's when the pandemic uh, started to uh, hit first in Seattle, and then it came out in New York State. Oh, yeah, it was so big in New York at the very beginning. Yeah, and at, and at that point, uh, uh, because uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute is a private university, the uh, stakeholders there, the president, the administration, all that, they were really worried about the legal ramifications of uh, still having uh, in-person college courses while uh, the coronavirus was still in that state and spreading rapidly at the time. Uh, they had pretty much shunted everybody out of the dorms. And at that point, uh, started a month-long lasting move to uh, move back here. Uh, I say month-long lasting. Uh, the move itself, like, uh, of me and my personal belongings uh, took a week or so. But the stuff that I left behind in my dorm after the semester was over, it took about like uh, two, three months for. I think we're kind of diverging right here. Yeah, I know. I, I, just humor me for a bit. It took okay. a, a bit time for uh, uh, the university to uh, just send it back to me. But of course, going back to more of the point, uh, because I was pretty much isolated. In the very room we're recording this in, uh, even up till now, to an extent, even though we're able to go out a bit more because I got my vaccine back in March. Yeah. I know you got yours in April. I yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, I'm vaccinated. I'm yeah. Not sure. yeah, we're both vaccinated. Uh, but at that point, I started to uh, delve into it a bit more. Mm -hmm. The same methods. Uh, but... Uh, what came out of that was uh, the fact that not only am I uh, also polyamorous, I'm also non-binary. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't really identify much as male anymore, but I don't really identify as female or any other kind of gender. I just exist in a uh, slightly masculine but still androgynous type space so, for myself so then what do you call like so are, is being what is pan what is pan mean like is that a sexuality 
Yeah, pansexuality. It's okay, kind of in the name. And then your sex is non-binary. Well, non-binary is uh, the gender. The gender, sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then uh, 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 both uh, pansexuality and uh, polyamory, polygamy, that kind of stuff that falls into uh, uh, sexuality and sexual orientation. Okay. Yeah. Oh, one one last question for for you, right, Bard? Mm. So, I think like, was it ever scary for you to be like, "Yo, this is actually who I am," kind of a thing? Yeah, it was. I mean, um, I was lucky enough because online I had a quite supportive environment, but in real life, my um, my parents, especially my dad, my dad is. Uh, uh, a very religious Hindu, so yeah. mm-hmm. uh, he ha- he's um, he has a conservative interpretation of things, and even now he still doesn't quite understand my identity. I mean, part of that is because um, you haven't told him. Uh, well, I have told him a bit. I still find it a bit hard to tell him exactly because he tends to jump to conclusions, yeah, make yeah, his yeah, own interpretations, and all that. But. Yeah, I had significantly more difficulty coming out to uh, my family, my extended family, uh, including my cousins who used to live in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, I actually haven't told the other cousin side of the family yet, but yeah, uh, it was um, significantly more difficulty, but relatively easy, probably compared to what... uh, what others might be going through yeah for sure but like honestly all you gotta take from that like thank you Varga, for telling you telling me how your journey but basically all you guys should remember is that you should always be yourself regardless of what anyone says mm-hmm. sexuality gender goals dreams all of you and i think that'll be it for this week's video peace out everybody have a great week and see you later